Welcome to episode 19 of In Touch with iOS, a podcast for sharing tips, apps, and gear for iPhone and iPad, along with related technologies that get us using iOS in a fun, productive, and meaningful way. I am your host, Dave Ginsberg, and joining me as always is Melissa Davis. Happy New Year, and how are you, Melissa? Happy New Year to you, too. This is our first episode of 2018. It is. It is. What a good way to start off the year. Yeah, with all kinds of crazy Apple stuff that's been going on lately. You know, there's there's all been a lot of uh, news uh, of the day and all the crazy things that have been going on with them as of late. Apple's been busy and we've been busy catching up with yeah. it and trying to catch our breath. I don't think I've caught my breath yet, but that's for multiple reasons besides <laughs> just software. Yeah, so... Um, but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's dig right in. I had a couple uh, topics I wanted to touch upon, and of course, uh, everybody has been talking about lately is the two things: is the, uh, mm-hmm. the Spectra with the the processor um, serious security vulnerability for iOS and for Mac OS, uh, and everything else, and everything else. <laughs> Intel processors, AM, um, mm-hmm. not AMD actually; it was ARM processors. Um, but uh, the first big thing that happened while we were away was uh, the battery issue and the the, the problem. Uh, Finding out that Apple was um, making phones slow. <laughs> You're like me. It's like I don't want to use the the th word. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sick and tired of hearing about that. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, well, the battery gate. You know, they had to come up with all yeah. kinds of it. And and you know, let's face it. I mean, I, I talked about this uh, yesterday during my uh, I record this uh, at my uh, iPhone special interest group over at the suburban. We kind of have to talk about it. Suburban it's, Chicago it's Apple users. Convenient. Everybody had a great time yesterday, and we. This was the topic I had to talk about. And it was. It, it was. I think we spent a good half hour alone just talking about it because everybody asking tons of questions. But mm-hmm. really, the bottom line of what happened with it was is Apple uh, had seen that the batteries were deteriorating, and what was what was happening is it was causing um, the phones to just uh, suddenly just reboot and start restart. And I think what Apple was was aiming for was to have a better user experience as opposed to worrying about um, uh, performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they were trying to mitigate problems, mitigate. like mi- not being yeah. able to dial nine one one when you needed to. Yeah, and and not things, be- things are important. And not being able to, uh, and not, and your phone just all of a sudden mysteriously rebooting for no reason. Um, mm-hmm. So, so what they had to do, and, and you know, to keep it simple here, is they had to uh, put some software. And this is this is going back to actually the ten point, I think ten point two point one, I think it is. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was oh, iOS ten before iOS eleven. So uh, they put this in place. Um, and uh, it was slowing the phones down and people were starting to notice it. So, of course, the first thing people are thinking, oh, Apple's doing this because we, you have to buy a new phone. Oh, no, you don't mm-hmm. have to buy a new phone. And, that, and honestly, Apple has been very fair with phones. Um, the 5S is the far, the furthest past back you can go with the latest version of the OS. And that Even phone- still, though, look, I'm holding in my hand right now just because I've been tinkering with them. I've got yeah. two 4Ss. Now, how, how old are these phones? These are like what six years old or something Five like or that. Six, I mean, yeah. I just these have been around here for a while, and my kids are still using them. They're still perfectly serviceable. Yeah. They they have a use case. I mean, and then I, I have everything going back to a three a three GS. Now the three GS. I mean, the battery popped out of that one, but <laughs> I, I still have an old iPod. I mean, you can still repurpose these devices. Are they right. mainstream? Heck no. But no. the fact of the matter is, is that these things last. When I talk to my family members, sorry, I'm, I'm a little going off on a rant here, but I get That's I get right. so sick and tired of people saying, "Oh, you got to buy a new phone." And well, you don't have to. You no. don't, there's nothing you have to do. It's it's a matter of you know what meets your your needs. But I constantly am talking to family members who have, and not to bash Android, but they have like cheap phones and. They too. 
they're constantly replacing them. Like every, you know, my sister's like, oh, I got a new phone. You know, I got to reimport my contacts. And I don't know. I just, I, I hear yeah. people talking about other phones that are not Apple phones. I'm not just going to pick on any, any one thing, right. but they're constantly complaining about having to, you know, I'll get a Facebook message from somebody, you know, oh, I lost all my contacts. So text me and, you know, so I can re-put it back <laughs> in my phone. Like I've never had to do that in like, I, I don't right. know, over a decade, how, how long, no, you know? Mean- Apple's so you get what you pay for, work. you get what you invest in. It's it's a it's a matter of priority. Right. If a communication device, a handheld communication device, is important to you, and you don't want to have to constantly keep having to replace the hardware and constantly have to redo the software all the time, right. then you know to each his own. You, you're going to have to pick your battles there. <laughs> I mean, and then the problem with Android is there's so many different versions of their OS. I mean, you can't even keep up. I mean, I mean, at least yeah. at least Apple is with the iPhone and iPad. They they keep it consistent. If now your 4s, of course, that's the end of the road. It's at nine point three point five. But that's yeah, fine. it can't I mean, be. I, I, yeah, I mean, that, this security fine. is going to be an issue and that sort of thing. But for what it's being used for, it's it's fine. You know, there, there obviously there's people out there. I mean, I just sold one on eBay and and someone paid. I think I sold it for like fifty bucks or something. But and I was fine with mm-hmm. that. I mean, but I mean, I knew the phone was is, is old a bit, but someone might want to use it. Let's say they travel overseas and they they want to have a phone and don't have to want to spend a big dollar amount to to have an extra phone that works overseas. You know, there's right. All kinds of different um, ways you can use the phones. So. But the point is that the hardware is made so well that they're still right. serviceable. They're still serviceable phones. They'll still work as a right. phone if you want them to. And if you don't need them to, you could use it as a an app. You know, you lost your Apple TV remote remote or something i mean yeah, they can yeah. be repurposed they can be used in classrooms for a little um you know when teachers are giving out a quiz or something right. you get a bunch of old iphones that you buy off of ebay or even just old ipod touches and you can still use them for that kind of stuff it doesn't right. have to have the latest software no. on it just to be able to do that so, and so that was the big thing i was against people saying yeah. with apple bashing the fact oh yeah we're making an upgrade well no they're not they're then like i said there's the Apple's been supporting it back at least three to four years of every, of every model phone uh, that's out there. They're not going to, they know people want to, you know, some people want to keep their phones. And unlike uh, me, I'm an early adopter. I always have to have the latest grays. But mm-hmm. there's plenty out there that, that, that stick with the phone. And phones. there's me who keeps everything forever, no, no, never and until and that, it dies. And, and that's fine. I'll put it in a museum if I have to, you know. But <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah so fine, yeah, so. I got a little, I got a little agitated yeah. with all of the, the no. constant, like, oh, you have to upgrade, you have to do this, you have to do that. It's so expensive, blah, blah, blah. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But it, it just right. it was just kind of aggravating to have to hear it constantly beaten like a dead horse over and over again. No. And, you know, it's it, it is what it is. The only thing that, that kind of was disappointing with Apple is the fact that they did do this without telling people. I mean, they should. Yeah. They, they should and they, I mean, I, I think they should have at least let people know that they are doing this and, and not have been so te- uh, so much secretive about it. Um did they want to do it because that's that's kind of what apple does i mean they 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 they, every time you see an update and you read through the notes of what the what the change did it you know a lot of times they're very vague what they do what did it's yeah performance improvement so this or that so but everybody has to understand there's some reasons for some of that stuff and i i kind of get it i mean you know being being a field technician myself working with lots of different kinds of people with lots of different kinds of needs having worked in schools you know there's a time and a place for when you kind of have to when you're trying to roll something out you kind of have to cater to the lowest lowest common denominator and there are times when it feels like you know, you can't make all the people happy all the time. So you have to kind of mitigate things and you have to do things in such a way that's going to, 
get the job done. And yeah, I agree. They, they should have been more communicative of, right. about it. Maybe, maybe that was forthcoming. Who knows? Maybe they didn't really, that, that could be, you know, some of their downfalls. They, I, I'm not oh. going to say they're like too big for their britches, but I think that there has been over the years, a lot more handholding to the point where power users and people who like to dig down right, right. into the file system it seems like they're being cut off like, you know, for years and years and years, we used Finder as a hierarchical, you know, just, you know, comparing it to Mac OS. I mean, it's very different. Everything's right. sandboxed in iOS. But, you know, in Mac OS, people like me who were like, you know, either a sysadmin or someone who has to deal with servers and architectures and and filing files, you know, just being organized. I always appreciated being able to navigate and get to things really easily. And then over the years, that kind of got stripped away to the point right. where, what do you mean I have to press the option key to get to the, the library? Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, just kind of that kind of stuff. But, you know, to somebody else who isn't quote unquote tech savvy, they they don't know what that means and they don't really care to know. And it's not one of their priorities. They, they just want to be able to use it. It needs right. to be easy to use and user friendly. So that's part of the reason why. I, I just think they probably didn't have a good enough way at the time of communicating what was happening with the battery without being so technical, right. you know, and it would have probably maybe had they done, I mean, who knows, it maybe it would have pushed people away or, or something, you know, well, I think, uh, I, and not to, again, not to bash on Android, but I know for a while there, a lot of people were getting freaked out because of the way the notifications would pop up every time you would install an app or every time you would do something or configure something, it would give you this litany and this big communication that was like over explaining what the, what this app was going to do. And it scared people. It scared, you know, like people in my demographic that, that I work with or friends or family members. And, you know, right away, then you'd see all these scathing articles about how, you know, XYZ app, it's spying on you. And it's like, um, Actually, it just asked you permission to use the camera. And well, actually, the app that you downloaded and installed is something that you use to record your voice. So that's why it asked you to use the microphone, (laughs) you know, but it's, oh, it's spying on me. It's Big Brother. So I just think that maybe Apple didn't have at the time maybe a good way to explain it in simple enough terms that they were, you know, and I don't even have a really good way off the top of my head. I mean, it's really not that easy to just come right. up with a, a simple, easy way to say that, you know, Apple needed to adjust the software so that your phone wouldn't just spontaneously shut down on you. Right. Yes, it had to slow things down. I mean, you know, just in our episodes and in the last couple of episodes, I was complaining about when when I upgraded to iOS 10, 11, you know, things dramatically slowed down. And for the longest time, I refused to put it on my husband's 5S because right. I was having problems on my success and I, I was really annoyed with the fact that there was this constant, you know, delay. And then, you know, there's like you, people like you who are early adopters or other people are upgrading to the latest phone. Like, oh, mine's great. I'm not having a problem. Like, yeah, right. well, I am, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's frustrating. So, yeah, that was really frustrating. And me of all people would have every right to complain about this kind of thing. And I'm not really complaining. But when uh, when I first got my my success, remember I told you how right. the first uh it was only what six to eight months in or something like that. And the battery was doing that thing where this was, you know, prior to this update, I think that this was kind of what maybe started the whole thing. Like maybe the types of batteries that had been installed in the hardware were the type where they were aging in such a way that with the way that the software was engineered, it was causing, I was having that problem where it would get to say 10, 20 or 10% or something. And then it wouldn't just go down incrementally. It would just shut off. It would just, you'd be in the middle of doing something and without warning, 
it would just cease to exist. It would just cease to function. And you can't have a phone do that. That is just not acceptable. And I think Apple saw that and they thought, you know, we need to make some adjustments here. And we probably don't need to make a big deal out of it, but we need to make some adjustments within the software so that this doesn't happen because people rely on these devices to call 911. And, you know, they're, they're a lifeline, you know, they really, really are. And so you need to have an acceptable user experience. It's like what you said in the beginning, I think it had to do with user experience and how can we make this a more positive user experience without, really compromising on, you know, making people either buy a new device or, you know, so that they can still use their devices. And I I don't think they quite got it is the problem. It wasn't, you know, slowing down the phone is one thing, but, you know, when I have to sit there and wait a couple of seconds for an app to load or, you know, it went from being like a smooth buttery experience to like, okay, this is just not acceptable. I can't be having apps freezing on me, sure. especially for somebody like me who's a field technician and a consultant. And it's my job to demonstrate this kind of stuff to clients and, you know, prospective Apple hardware purchasers. You know what I mean? Right. How embarrassing is it to be showing someone something and demonstrating something and have it kind of like fail or just not perform as expected? It's really embarrassing. So yeah. that really needed to be fixed. And and they did. And they did just that. So yeah. I think that that's, that's what it really boils down to is it was, you know, user experience had to be mitigated right. and now they've done it and it's out there. And I think they did great by um, the the apology. I don't know if you want to call. It, I guess an apology well, letter. Support or, article. That was really what it was. Uh, yeah, it's like an internal memo that they yeah. sent out. You know, here's here's what happened. Here's what we're doing to fix it. And the fact that they're that they've reduced. You you posted an article to the show notes that we're going to share that you can now get a battery replacement for what is right. it twenty nine dollars. Yeah, and I wanted to touch upon that a little bit. Is um and it, it, a lot of people didn't even realize that Apple only charged seventy nine dollars for a battery replacement. Really, if you think about it, isn't that bad. Um, but I was about to pay it. Yeah, no, I was, and know, many right people were. I, mean, yeah, I, exactly. I was ready to march in there and get it replaced. I mean, and, and that's pretty fair considering. I mean, I know. Uh, again, we'll get the bashers uh, like like Android users who have phones that they can replace their own battery. Uh, well, then also the design isn't as good. So, um, but right. yeah, then and then what they did is uh, they realized, okay, we pro- we want to give uh, our, alleviate our customer concerns and a decided to implement a out of warranty uh, from $79 to $29 starting. Uh, it's already started now. Um, yeah. And that's going to go through the end of the year. Um, and the, and Apple provided all this information on their site. And, uh, um, and they're also, what they're also going to do is add an iOS update that will introduce new features that'll give uh, the users more visibility into the health of their iPhone's battery, which is great. I mean, really all they have now is just showing what battery life is left. You want to actually see clearly see what the state of the battery is. I mean, third-party apps like Amazing, we've always been talking about, and, and others um, have the capability like uh, Geekbench 4 is another one uh, that you can have on uh, on there now. I've heard people mention Coconut Battery. Have Coconut. you used that one at all? Yeah, yep, that one's that one's. What do you, is that a good one? Yeah, it's not it's not bad. Um, and and uh, Geekbench, I think, is is probably one of the better apps, and it's only like ninety nine cents, I think it is. Um, and hmm, okay. it'll, it'll not only does it test give you a battery report, it, it gives you processor report and gives you system information, so it, it, it's actually very comprehensive. That's what I'm I really looking forward to digging into that stuff because, like, if you go into settings and then you go to battery. 
there's a section in there where it shows you your battery usage. And I've always kind of felt like it lies. (laughs) I just, that's, what's been difficult about this. When I was troubleshooting and triaging my success as, as I was going through it, when I talked about it in other episodes and of course now my husband has it and I I keep pestering. I'm like, how's the battery? How's the battery? Like it shut down on the other night. I'm like, well, what percentage was it? You know, I'm like, I'm like geeking out on my husband. He's like, Oh, I wasn't paying attention. Like I need you to pay attention to that because you know, this is an issue because that was the whole thing last time we talked was that was the last the last step that I needed to do was to nuke it and pave it and start it out all over again. Now this is, you know, my husband's using it. He doesn't use it nearly as heavy as I was using it. Right. And so I figured that would be the ultimate test to find out if this was really a faulty battery or a battery replacement. Cause remember it wasn't the original battery. It was a replaced by Apple, you know, and I really wanted to kind of get to the, to sure. the meat of the matter and that would be a good test. So I'm still testing that out. But you know, the fact that they released this, whether whether or not we end up having to pay for it, it's only twenty nine bucks. It it kind of makes it hurt a lot less, right? Sure. So I plan on just replacing it at the end of the year anyway, and then that'll yeah. just make the phone last that much longer for right. when my son gets it. Is the way right. that I look at it. And then, but this battery usage area, I really hope that that gets a lot more smarter and is a lot more you know like a it. better way of finding out really what the battery health is because I really want to see that stuff. I want to see power cycles. I want to see all basically what I want is I want what I get out of my Mac. I want to be able to see power cycles and all of the, the, you know, the amperage and things like that. I want to be able to dig into that stuff. I may not understand it, but I at least want access to to it so I can learn about it. And that's not present in the iPhone right now. So I'm hoping that that's what we'd be getting. I would kind of tend to doubt that. I think an app like Geekbench might be the, the, your, your, your okay. toy. So because toy. there's apps, because there's an app for that, yeah. it, it, you don't think it'll be built into the operating system? Not that deep. I, I can see yeah. them putting in the battery conditioning and that kind of stuff. But uh, but I think Geekbench is going to be your friend if you want to really go okay. deep. Um, and I also want to mention, too, that uh, uh, I, I had heard some reports. Some some of the Apple stores were, you know, were a week Week sometimes two weeks deep um, with appointments to get people to come in to get their batteries right. replaced. Right, so manage your expectations when you so make an appointment. Expect right? that, and also stock availability, having the actual battery in stock. I know the stock has been had been tight too, so you'd go into the store. Because a lot, what, what a lot of them were doing is they're have, having people mail your phones in. I'm like, how can you be without your uh, phone? Yeah, that's so, yeah, so that, that's, that's tricky. a little crazy. So uh, just just mm-hmm. just be aware of that too, and. Um, uh, we'll have it in the show notes with the, this article we talked about. This was on Mac wow. Rumors as well as um, uh, we'll put the article uh, for the support article that Apple posted about uh, the iPhone and battery and the performance. It's, it, it, the, the way they wrote it, like you said, was was uh, in English. People understand mm-hmm. it and, and understand what where their position was. You know, there are some lawsuits that are out there right now. Um, that, that, yeah, that's that, sad, that, but it's sad, kind of expected. Kind of expected, but I, I would I – would, uh, be confident to say that th- those things are probably going to get thrown out at some point, but we'll see. We'll see how yeah. things evolve. So 15 minutes will eventually go away. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So then the other big thing that was going on right now, now Apple did release a new, as we record this, uh, they released this on Monday, uh, the eighth, uh, was, uh, iOS 11.2.2. Now what that fix added was, uh, it, it does uh, added some security fixes to address the spectra of vulnerability, which everybody I'm sure has heard about because the press has gone absolutely gangbusters on this. Yeah. So Apple what, is like ripe for the picking right now. Yeah. That's what I did there. <laughs> but but, but the, the thing is, uh, 
this update, it seems like Apple had a lot of it already pretty much patched between iOS and, and, and Mac OS. Um, mm-hmm. It's affecting Intel and, um, and ARM processors. And of course, uh, the processors that are considered in the, uh, in the iOS devices is ARM. Uh, but this, this, I can't tell you enough to tell you to go out, do the updates. If you're running iOS 11, make sure you have 11.2.2 with these fixes because so, it'll yep. address a lot of the long list of bugs, fixes, and things like that. Because uh, uh, when 11.2 came out, it did make some fixes as well. But this is going to really keep things secure. Uh, and- That's just the specter we have to address for iOS. We don't have to worry about Meltdown for iOS. That's for macOS, right? Yeah, Meltdown and, and, and Spectra vulnerabilities uh yeah, it's most more so a Spectra, Spectra, um, and uh, and uh, yeah, that it definitely it definitely is uh, uh, going to cover that stuff. I don't want to go too deep into this because the, 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 yeah, it's the, a little more technical. Just just apply the patch. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> uh, it, 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 it was a very serious vulnerability, but honestly, I think the press overblew it, and they always do. I think I mean, so too. I mean, yeah. they did the same the thing. The sky with, is falling. The sky is falling. They did the same thing with the battery, and I, I was not at all surprised that they would uh, continue on with that. So, but uh, yeah, I think that's enough of those two topics. Um, why don't we go on and let's hear about your new purchase? You did get a new <laughs> iPhone eight. Yeah, Plus let's talk about and, some fun stuff. And uh, so, and you're yep. you're saying you love you you're loving the camera portrait mode. I've, I've I had it on the eight eight plus, and I. Uh, and I had it on my ten. So, uh, tell, tell me, tell me about it. What, uh, what do you? I'm like having about so it? much fun with this. I was really remember for the longest time. I was so on the fence. Well, should I get the eight or should I get the eight plus? I was right. really hemming and hawing on it. And finally, I just, I just buckled down and I just kept saving and saving and saving. I thought, nope, this time I'm just gonna, I'm worth it. Darn it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I got myself the plus, and I, and I'm really yeah. happy with it. Um, I have been a little bit frustrated just with the size, like trying to figure out like how am I going to carry this thing around? And I'll talk about that in a little bit too. But as far as the camera goes, I'm really loving the camera. I, I got this just before the holidays and it was the perfect time to get it because we had family visiting and the kids were doing all kinds of cute active stuff. And of course there's my puppy. And so I've got lots of I've, I've got lots of victims basically that I can yeah. go and all right, hold still, hold still. Um, the portrait mode is, is kind of interesting because it's almost like a game in a way because yeah. do you know what I'm talking about? Like when you mm-hmm. go to take a photo of someone in portrait mode, you have to be at the right distance and it lets you know there's, you know, kind of gives you little guides that it's almost like playing a game in a way. Like it's like, you know, battleship or something, you know, lock in onto your target. And if you're not close enough, it says, you know, move closer, or move right. farther away. And so it's a little bit of a dance. And it was funny. Um, uh, I had a birthday in between there. So my husband and I actually had the same birthday. We went to go see Star Wars and I handed the the phone off to my brother-in-law and I told him, I said, you know, it's kind of like a game. You kind of have to. And it was funny to watch someone else who hadn't been familiar with portrait mode do it for the first time. And I was kind of giggling like, you know, he's like, OK, oh, oh, oh. you know, you can see him kind of doing this a little bit of a dance. And so that's kind of interesting um, using that. So I, I really enjoyed that. And then I love being able to click through and do the different lighting. And have you played with this? Have you? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've seen pictures you've posted. You share posts, uh, pictures on, on Facebook and stuff, but I haven't seen any of that you've done, you know, just yourself of, of portrait I, mode or, I don't or things know if I've put it out in public. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just did one now when I was looking at it. And it, it is so cool the way you can go into the stage lighting and the um, contour lighting. And, uh, and you can do it after the fact, too. After, that's, that's what you do. You do do it 
after the fact. I mean, you. Well, I, I try to do it while I'm composing the picture. If like I'm patient enough, I mean with my puppy, it's really difficult. I mean, she right. just doesn't want to sit still. So I I'm in there like for a while, but uh, yeah, you can do it after the fact. And, and I really enjoy, it's a little difficult. I mean, I'm trying to use Instagram more because I really just enjoy Instagram. I just haven't really participated in it nearly enough. And it's interesting when you take a portrait mode it kind of, it zooms in on stuff. Right. Right. And so you have to really get creative, which is what I enjoy. You have to get really creative about how you compose the shot thinking about, okay, will this work when I, once I crop it down into square, because it's a portrait, so it's going to be, you know, a a regular, I forget what the ratio is, but you know, it'll be like a four by three or five by seven or something. So you have to think about how much space you have to work with. And so sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but when it does, it's really a lot of fun. So I've just been having a blast with it. Um, one of the pictures that I shared with you that I'm going to, I'll probably put in the show notes just because I love it so much. It's so (laughs) just weird. Um, over the holidays, my family and I went to, if you can imagine, there's a place called the Sonoran Desert Museum, right. you know, so it's like way out in the middle of the desert right there. Mm-hmm. But they have a stingray exhibit. Believe it or not, they actually have a place where you can go in and pet stingrays. It is the coolest thing yeah. ever. They're very slimy and leathery and it's really neat. And I had gone with my son on a field trip to do it. And I just knew we had to take their little cousins and we had to go back and experience it again. And this time we actually got to feed them. And I waited. This is the thing that I love about photography is like it's almost kind of like, you know, hunting in a way, you know, you're just kind of waiting, waiting, waiting for the right moment. And, you know, you can snap a whole bunch of pictures and they might not be that good. But boy, when that when that moment appears and you grab it, it's just so satisfying. And so I got this really incredible portrait mode picture of my son feeding a stingray a shrimp and you could just see it come right up and open its mouth and you could see its eyes and all this kind of stuff and just all these details and it was just it was just a lot of a lot of fun so it was i get i think it's like when we first got slow motion you know i was so like addicted to slow motion to the point where people (laughs) were like oh my god here's another slow motion video (laughs) i don't think you can get sick of portrait mode uh, pictures though so I'm just having a blast with that. So I've really been enjoying that. And then the other thing was, um, and I put a link to it in the show notes, I'm still evaluating cases. I'm just I'm just crafty and picky like that. <laughs> um, but I did, I think I got a case that I'm pretty, pretty happy with. I do have another case that I got two of. I got one for my husband because I, I thought it was so cool. And I'll link to that one too. That one's a, a different wallet style. I told you I was looking for a wallet style. But the one that I settled on that I'm going to link to, um, it's made by, let's see, it's made by Silk. And it's it's just called, you know, the iPhone 7, 8 Plus. It fits, you know, all the different sizes. It's a vault protective credit card grip cover. And of course, I had to get it in purple and it's purple orchid. And it's it's just what it says it is. It It is a case that just snaps right on. It's very grippy and it's got a it's got like a a slit Mm -hmm. cut into it so it's just a little bit thicker on the outside but it doesn't make it like super bulky you'll have to look at the pictures to see what it looks like um but it fits like five credit cards in it and you know a a five dollar bill or ten dollar bill or 20 or something like that you can you can put a combination of cash and credit cards in here and it hides them the way that i was using it i had a little pocket on the back Mm -hmm. and i really didn't like the idea that every time i took a picture or if someone took a picture of me taking a picture you could see my credit card information information a little bit, you know, it was kind of exposed. So I started putting like a credit card or a, a business card in front of it or something, but eh, it was just kind of icky. Well, with this one, it covers it for the most part. There's just one little slip where you can put your finger to push them out. 
And then, Dave, mm. I modified it. <laughs> I added two more pieces to it, and I'll try to get some good pictures of it. But I added a magnetic ring on the back of it. So there's okay. actually there, – you can get – I think I think some – some of the things are called pop sockets. Have you ever heard of those? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are like the craze. Just for reference. So you know what I'm talking about. It's, yeah. it's basically something that you can stick, you can glue onto the back of the phone. Right. And, of course, in this case, I'm gluing it onto the back of a case. So it's not glued directly to the phone. This one in particular, it's not a pop socket. But the reason why I brought that up is because I was looking at reviews of this case. And I saw another person who had pop sockets on it. And that's what sold me on it. I was like, oh, great, because I could put this ring on it. So it's a magnetic. It's it's a it's basically a piece of metal, but there's a really great, really sturdy ring that flips around. So basically, every time I set my phone down, it's almost like a little yeah. kickstand that's already out there. You can flatten it, you can turn it, you can rotate it. It's it's you know it's really large. You can put you know your thumb through it, your middle finger through it. You can pretty much put any finger in any kind of orientation or angle that you want. And what's really great about this, because like I said in the beginning, not only was I struggling with how am I going to carry this thing around, how am I going to take pictures with it? (laughs) Because I have not really been one of those people that likes to use the the volume button as a a shutter button. But I've been experimenting with that and selfies are still a little bit difficult to do. But with such a larger screen size, I needed something that I could figure out like, well, how am I going to balance this? And this ring comes in really handy for that. So I found all different kinds of ways that I can hold it that helps me compose my pictures a lot better. Sure. So I really like that. Really, really am loving that. And the fact that it's magnetic, I got, it came as a set. I got this thing that clips onto your, um, what do you call it? Your vents in your car. And mm-hmm. so it's yep. a magnet. So when I get in my car, all I have to do is just pop it on this, this little magnet and it just sticks there. And no, it does not demagnetize my cards. I did test that out. I was a little afraid of that, but I read in the comments and, you know, a lot of people, I guess the magnet just has to be a lot stronger. Now you cannot put a hotel key card in one of these things though. That will get demagnetized. I actually learned, uh, some things as I was researching this that they're made with a strip that's a lot weaker, basically the, the magnetic shavings can get, um, demagnetized really easily, but credit cards seem to be pretty safe. So I haven't had any issues with that. So I'm loving that. And then <laughs> that's not all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then, uh, have you ever seen, maybe you should ask your wife about it. She might be familiar with this. I think it's more of a girly thing, but, um, it's called a bandolier. So they make oh. these cases where basically it's like a, it's like a strap. It's a really long strap that you can kind of hook over your shoulder. So it's almost like you're wearing the phone like a purse in a way. Mm -hmm. But the way that it's oriented is that it hangs the phone upside down. And for the sole reason of being able to pick it right up and snap a picture, Mm. you wouldn't want it hanging the other orientation. I mean, it sounds backwards, right? It's upside down. Literally, you wouldn't want the hooks hanging from the top of the phone because then when you went to pick it up, you wouldn't be able to snap the picture in the right orientation. So I've been looking at these things and, you know, they're made of leather and they have studs and all this extra stuff that I don't want. So I modified this case in such a way that I, I, I took some, uh, it's like this kind of like a silicone stretchy material that I had gotten, you know, just at the craft store. And like I said, I'll, I'll take some pictures and document this for people who are interested in this sort of thing. Um, and I made my own bandolier basically. I just, I, I braided a long section of this, this to go around my shoulder and I, I hooked it underneath where the, the speaker cutouts are. And I've been using it great for the last several weeks and it's perfect. And so now I can walk around and listen to podcasts and I can pick up the puppy and I can, you know, do all these things, you know, hands free because I have this thing kind of 
you know, strapped around my shoulder and I kind of sling it around my back and, you know, you have to learn how to walk with it so you don't crack the screen or, or things right. like that. But it's been working out pretty well. I'm, I'm pretty happy with my modifications and little doohickeys and things that I've gotten for this phone. So I've been having a lot of fun with it. I, I don't know if you could tell. <laughs> uh, having fun with a case. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Cause I'm just crafty like that. And then, well, so I'll, maybe in the next episode, I'll tell you about the other case that I got for my husband. And that one has a, a credit card and a magnet. Now it's really cool well, too. So I'll, I'll tell you, I did get a new case. I have the, actual, you did. I have the Apple uh, case that the, the leather case that's, that's, it's not cheap. It's hundred bucks. Uh, but it's, it's full out leather. But the, the, the interesting thing was uh, with Apple, they did, they put a disclaimer in the case saying that you have to put your credit cards face up in the, in the slot that's in the cover. Uh, oh, oh, okay. So, cause that's how it protects it from the, the any magnetic issues. So, I see. So it, it has a front, uh, it has a front flap for credit cards. And then so it's a, a folio. Yeah. It's, it, it, it covers the, uh, the phone. Uh, okay. We'll, we'll okay. put the link on the show. We can put the link in the show notes. Um, and it covers the phone, which I'm liking, but you know, the only thing is it, it is more challenging to take a picture because now I have to uh-huh. hold the cover in one hand and the phone in the other and then take a picture, as, as you're probably experiencing, too. Uh-huh. Um, so, <laughs> well, see, mine doesn't have the cover. That's why I did away with all that stuff. That's that's why yeah. I was so picky about it. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm liking it because it is protecting the phone uh, in right. a way so it covers the, the, the glass. But, uh, yeah, it does. And you don't challenge. have to have another bulky wallet in your pocket. Right, right, right. So, uh, so I did get that. So I'll just throw that in there. <laughs> I am so proud of you. <laughs> so uh, let's uh, dig into a, another topic here. I uh, I was uh, I was kind of inspired again. I keep, uh, hate to uh, keep going back to what uh, we talk, I talked about in my special interest group uh, iPhone. Hey, that's okay. It's, it's we, uh, always good to have good information. Two full hours of, of discussion, and and I had start my my discussion was how to how to save space uh, using iCloud. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to get into that topic, but that's what kind of inspired me to to, to learn, uh, talk a little bit more about the new um, high efficiency fa- fa- uh, image format that's out there now. Um, Starting to think I might have a bit of an influence on you. Yeah. This is scary. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I did buy the uh, the iPhone 10 in 64 gigabytes. I did not. Uh-huh. Buy, and, I bought, and the last phones I had bought, bought purchased were, were 256. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to bite the bullet and do it. So I mean, I have the 200 gig uh, iCloud storage plan, and I'm only yep. and I and I have about 40 gigs of uh, of photos. But the nice thing about it is, you look at how much space I have on my on my iPhone right now. I ha- I'm, I'm, I have 29 gigs of 64 used. Yep. See, so, isn't that nice? So everything is on iCloud, and that's what I I kept stressing on the fact of that. And and iOS 11 is they've got a, just a, a, just a tremendous job of being able to monitor and see what's on your device as well as you can go into the iPhone storage um, setting uh, in uh, under the settings and actually review what large attachments you actually have and it tells you what's actually stored on the phone itself. So it separates the storage from what's the local storage and what's on iCloud. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, the nice thing of what Apple did is they implemented this new file f- uh, photo uh, system called uh, HEIF and that's stands for high efficiency image format. And they also have H E V F, which is the video format. Now you have to remember that with photos, photos were always saved in JPEG and JPEG Mm -hmm. uh, is generally can be, um, is, is highly compressed, but it also is set in one space. But the nice thing with the um with the, with the with the photos now is uh, what what Apple's done is well not really done. This is this is not 
their technology, but they're it's using it. It's a standard, it. right? It's really a standard, yeah. And really what it does is, uh, you know, like you, like you have a JPEG photo that's around 5 megabytes, and, and most of the cameras, the 10 and the 8, both phones we have, take you know, pretty high-quality uh, photos. The mm-hmm. file size will get reduced uh, to 2.6 to 3 megabytes uh, as a result of the compression. But the nice thing is this technique, there's no sacrifice in the image quality. So mm-hmm. that's what that's what we, we had quite a quite a bit of a debate about that. I don't know if I want to do that. I'm, I'm a RAW. I take RAW photos um so but i but i said you know it, it doesn't diminish any of the of the uh the, the quality of the photo at all and, it, and it's so you could get space. these blown up into a poster oh absolutely i mean it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't change but you know what apple did provide a way to going into the camera and actually you know setting the camera capture to whether it be high efficiency or most compatible now mm-hmm. when this format first came out there was some 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 uh, concerns because when the file gets saved on a mac it doesn't matter because when you sync when you sync your photos with, with apple photos it automatically converts it so if you were to go save it it'll just convert to jpeg for you right off right on the fly but us those pc users out there at the time were having a bit of a challenge because that file format would not open um on a, on a yeah, pc yeah so, so what's the status of that now um, I believe they've got some converters out there, and I'm going to talk about a converter that I found. But actually, it's a Mac version uh, that's from our friends again from iAmazing. Um, uh-huh. They came out. They came out with a uh, HEIC converter, which will will convert. Um, uh, it actually, although it, it actually, I'm sorry, they do have a PC version of this, of this app as well. Um, so I forget. I keep forgetting. There I'm you that. go. iAmazing does both. Both, uh, but we're not talking about PC. We talk about Mac and iOS here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that that's one of the biggest things that it it has out there as far as uh, um, giving you some more efficient ways of compressing the photos. Um, and I and, and I'm I'm pretty happy with it. I don't I don't have any complaints. And like I said, the photos have been in superb quality. And you, you've seen some of the photos I've posted on Facebook. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. I captured. I was sitting on the bus. I captured a photo of the Las Vegas uh, Welcome to Las Vegas photo. Uh, can't yeah. sign. I mean, but that was it was a it was a really beautiful day that day. It was real crystal clear. And I'm 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 on the double decker bus at the top, and I'm, I'm I just aimed it. And you're moving. It's a moving and, and, target. Well, <laughs> actually, it, the, the bus driver was nice and kind of slowed down so we could take pictures. Yeah, he um, does but, it. Everybody was taking picture but of that. I was like, wow, this really turned out nice. And of course, the iPhone 10, which has a really great cameras and as well as the A plus does. Um, uh, but, uh, I thought it was, uh, it was really a, a great, um, a great, uh, uh, way of taking pictures, but also saving space. And that's really what the kind of motivated me to talk about this topic. Um, it was, uh, the fact that, yeah, you can save space, but the biggest thing is, and I think a lot of people don't do is that they're resistant to paying the extra, the extra cost for iCloud. Um, the iCloud storage, yeah. you really got to do it. It's so worth and it. I, it is I, so I, worth know, it. I, I asked in the room, I says, who, who, who's paying, who still has the five gigabyte plan? And I'm like, let me half the room raise their hand. I mean, God, yeah. guys, you, I mean, at the bare minimum, get the 50 gig plan. Cause you, 50 right. gigs is, is 99 cents a month. I mean, it's going to cost you 12 or $13 a year. You'll just you'll sleep so much better at night just it, knowing it's, that it's it's protected, it's protected and it's backed and up. Don't and deal with it. I'm paying for the 200 gig plan, which is 2.99 a month. And there's also I have two, the terabyte. You're, well, you have <laughs> a, you're, you're, you take we have the whole family. You got the whole family, and we don't. I don't take that much. That the 200 gigs is more than sufficient for. What yeah, I mean, are. my uses are different, and so it's way overkill for just one person. But right. yeah, I mean, at the bare minimum, get the 50. I mean. Right. What what's the harm in it? I mean, I the way that I always explain it to people when I'm trying to, when they ask me about it, I always say, all right, look at the costs over the long term. Right. If you're going to be buying hard drives, I mean, and I still recommend that you do that because you really should have yeah, multiple backups on multiple different types of media. But if we're talking really about the average Joe, the average person 
who really doesn't want to be bothered with this kind of stuff. And I always, I, I hate to pick on my friends and of course I'm not going to identify them, but I have a friend who they were taking all of their pictures and all of their, their wedding pictures, baby photos, all that kind of stuff. And I don't know why they just didn't know any better. I guess they just thought they were protecting their, their assets there, but they were taking all the pictures and offloading them no. onto this one drive That's and it. their cat knocked it over and she lost like 50, 15 gigabytes, which, you know, seems like a small amount by today's standards. But I mean, that was like a whole, you know, history of wedding pictures and all kinds of stuff. And they're gone. And it would it would have cost them thousands of dollars to go get it, you know, take it apart in a clean room or something and and try to get them extracted. And that's with no guarantee that the the pictures can be recovered. So don't do that to yourself. You know, why? Why bother? Because then you're going if you're going in that direction, then you've got to get multiple hard drives and you've got to manage the hard drives. And then you look at the cost of those hard drives and what what the expenses over the over the, the time of having to own those drives and manage them and the overhead just buy the iCloud and and yeah. like we talked about so many times I've talked about it on other podcasts I've talked about it on this podcast every year around the holidays is the time when you're going to want to scope out those sales they just had one not long ago on Amazon and I think um the big box stores and eBay and places like that where you can buy gift cards at like a good 15% off and you just buy either a whole bunch of them or you get like a $100 gift card and then your your year is paid up. You just, you know, or ask for that as a gift for your birthday or Christmas or holidays or or whatever. And just just keep topping up your iTunes credit and then you you know, it, it won't be as painful. You won't have to think about it. Right, right. It won't even touch your credit card. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it uh, and and uh it's a good segue actually because you know, uh, last episode you we you we spent a, quite an in depth time uh, talking about the iCloud family sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh how and, and we we talked about that and and showing that how much more efficient the iCloud family sharing is. And I, I even see I saw it with one of the, one of the uh, folks that are were in our meeting. Um, you know, he's got the two terabyte plan, and um, he uh, he has all his family story. I mean, he's got like over six hundred gigabytes worth of. Uh, Mm-hmm. Of photos, which is you know that's a lot, <laughs> and you, yeah, he's got that it all built up over up, time, and it's all backed up in the cloud. So, uh, but yeah, why don't you uh, tell us? You had you had a little bit of an update that uh, since we last talked about uh, the family sharing. Um, yeah, I've been slicing and dicing, and I've been trying in you know different ways. At, at first, I tried um, just. So I think I had told you the last time I. I my, I sacrificed my husband, my poor husband, and I, <laughs> I kind of changed his all his stuff over, and and it's it's all turned out really well. He hasn't lost anything. I think there might be one exception, and like maybe there's a game that he plays that I think the scores were tied to Game Center, mm. but I think he can still. I have to go back and dig through this, but I think he can still sign in to Game Center with his old Apple ID, but it, it just, it wasn't a priority of his. In fact, right. I don't even, you know, I was looking at that the other day. I don't even think you can download game center. I think it's just integrated into iCloud. Now it's not like it's a, a separate app. I don't think, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. I think, I think it might be um, maybe like it's marching the blank or something. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it's gotten any love. Yeah. So, you know, it's just kind of gotten low prioritized. Um, and then I kind of experimented. So I thought, okay, well now do I want, this is a family. So you figure this is, our immediate family. So it's my husband, myself, and my, our children, two children, then my dad. And we were using, so this is something you got to think about. I mean, you really have to think about this stuff if you're going to do these sorts of things. We're using my husband's Apple ID as the family organizer. Right. And then there's, there's two different 
paths then, if you will, that you can take. You can either go the way that we've been going. Remember, you and I have talked about this in the past where right. we have that one shared account. Okay. So so my husband's ID has now become that it, it serves a dual purpose. It is the family organizer, but it, it all it is also that shared account that we've been using for the last decade or so mm-hmm. of purchasing stuff. So we didn't want to lose that history. So I decided ultimately, that's the update, is that I was just going to stay on that course, that that I just I took my dad's phone and our kids' phones and my phone, and we basically use his ID to sign into just the Apple, uh, the iTunes and the App Store. So we each have our own iCloud accounts for everything else, you know, our main our main iClouds. And of course, his is his is that for two. But then we use his ID and his password for iTunes and App Store. So what that means is if like my dad goes and buys an app or if he logs into something, it's going to send my husband's phone a notification with two factor authentication. And so he'll text me and say, hey, I got this this alert. And so I've just I, I set it up so that if he's at work, I don't have to like, Hey, what's the verification code? I have it set up so that it'll text my phone. So I kind of have a way to sort of like hack my own account. I don't know if you, you know how you want to look at it that way, but that's something to consider is that if you pick one person to be mm-hmm. the, not only, not only the family organizer, but also the main account for that's used on every single device in that family, it's almost like it's almost like a combination of MDM with, you know, multiple, um, multi de- multiple device or mobile device management yeah. with iCloud that you've kind of sort of like rolled your own way. That's sort of kind of what it's like. And so the consideration is that if you do that, you have to be careful with who, whom you do it with because that person is going to need to verify things. And then unless you add another trusted device, which I did, you know, making it my phone, mm-hmm. then I can get the verification code that way. So it just, you know, it's my dad. He, it's not like he's constantly installing apps. But, you know, if you had a family member who was, that might be an issue that might be kind of a negative user experience. The other path, of course, is then to use it as true family management where, yes, that that family organizer is off on their own and separate. But then you have the issue where, like, let's say when the kids want to buy an app, they have to ask to buy, right? And our kids are little enough that we, even if, like, you know, this is something we have to think about as they become teenagers and kind of want more and more autonomy, they're still going to have to hand us the device and say, here, I'd like to buy this song or this app or something. And it may be something we'll have to change later on in the future. And I tried it a couple different ways. But for right now, and I and I have to say the caveat is, is like, because I said they're on 4Ss, so they're not running iOS 11. Right. Had they, right. if they have newer devices, and again, this will be in the future as they get older, by then we'll probably be more caught up on the same operating system, might even, you know, spring for another device or something. Um, but by the time they have iOS 11, then I think it'll work better. Mm-hmm. But for the time being, we have to keep it just one shared Apple ID because when I tried to switch my son, one of my sons over to his own mm-hmm. so that, you know, when he did want to buy an app and, and requested to buy it, um, what ended up happening was I'll just give you an example. There was like this little geometry game that he liked to play. 
So he was like, mommy, can I buy it? And I was so proud of him. Like he went into the app store and he read all the reviews <laughs> and he gave me this whole, you know, he downloaded the free version. It was one of those try before you buy type of things. And he was like, mommy, look, you can, you know, here's all the parental controls and this is how you can do it. And you can set time limits and like all this stuff. And I was really, really impressed with how well he was at 11 years old. He was evaluating the merits of this app. I was like, sure, you know, you, you earned it. You know, you got iTunes gift cards for, for Christmas. You can buy it. So I had him buy it on his account. Well, then we ran into the problem with, of course, his brother wanted to play it and they wanted to play together. Right. I couldn't install it on his brother's phone because it was linked. It's the way it's supposed to work. Yeah. It's supposed to be family sharing. If he buys it, everybody else is supposed to be able to access it too. Right. But I think the problem is, is that, that that part of it only works in iOS 11 and, uh, and onward. There you go. That's why. So that's where we ran into a gotcha. Yep. So for the time being, again, you know, with with having kids using older devices, as as we do, as a lot of families do, they repurpose these older devices for for gaming. That's something you have to be aware of that. That's a gotcha that you have to work around. So, you know, in the future, as like I said, as we yep. catch up, as the kids get older, as their needs change, then we'll probably, you know, give them, you know, have them do their own. I, I did convert them back to children. You know, I had lied about their age back before, you know, Kappa <laughs> came along and oh, I'm such a, you know, mom of the year here. Right. So, but I, I, you know, I was a good mom and I, I, I changed them back to children. <laughs> so now it, it shows, you know, their, their appropriate ages and that sort of thing. And so, so that part's there. So it's just a matter of what version of the operating system is, is on, what type of device you're using it, the needs that you have at the time. So that's yep. what I ultimately decided. The path that for the time being was to just use one shared Apple ID. And then okay. later on, we'll branch off into other ones. Um, I also did experience, um, I was thinking about that too, because when you want to purchase an app, that's the thing between, you know, I just said how you should try to keep your iTunes credit topped up so that you right. can afford do. the iCloud, you know, to, at a better price. Well, that's great. But then if you are using family sharing and you're not using the same ID and someone wants to buy something, if you're the family organizer, it has to come off of whatever credit card is there for the family organizer. Right. And that could suck for some people. That that could be another bit of a gotcha, depending on on how you wanted to to experience that. And so one of the ways that I found around that was to instead of using a, anyone's particular credit card, you get one of those gift cards. You know, like because the kids have gotten those as presents. You know, people for birthdays or whatever have gotten those. You know, vanilla or you know, mall. It's it's basically it's a gift card Visa, but it has the Visa logo on it, so it works just like a right. credit card. Right. You can't like top it up. Or or anything like that. I think there are some versions, but these are not those. And so you can just use a gift card. So, you know, keep $20 on it or, or whatever it is. And then whoever wants to buy something can just buy it off of that. So it's not like it's tapping into anyone, anyone's particular credit card right. per se. So that was just another little okay. sort of kind of a hack that I, that I discovered that seemed to work out. Okay. And I thought, okay, well, you know, we can use this instead of using any one particular uh, visa card. So that was the update that I want to share about Good. iCloud. And of course, that'll change over time, but that that's where does. we're at right now. And that's what's working for us in our situation in our family. Great. And so, you know, your mileage will will vary, but that's yes, one way that you can do it. All right. So well, before we go, I want to make sure we hit on a couple of apps that we uh, have favorites. I, I added one here in our show notes as well. Uh, but you found one called Multitimer that uh, you like. And uh, why don't you share uh, your uh, views of this uh, app? 
So it is, this is like a truly like in touch with iOS type of thing, right? Because not <laughs> only is it on, you can use it on your iPad and your iPhone, you can use it on your Apple Watch too. And it's know. really been great. <laughs> uh, it's called Multi-Timer. And let me tell you, I think it's, I want to say it's like four ninety nine or something, but just the free version alone, this is one of those apps where yeah, you app. can get the free version, but it is just so darn cool. And the stuff that you can do with it, you just want to like throw money at the developer, like take my money, you know? So it's, it's just a really good app. Um, it's called multi-timer and it's, it is, it, it is was what the name is. It's a bunch of timers, you know, like, you know how on your Apple watch, right. you can just use the built-in timers. You've got the stopwatch, you've got the, the timer app, you've got a countdown. Well, this does all that like on steroids. It's it's just, you can make them all different kinds of colors. You can do a countdown. We ran into a situation, you know, this was over, I've, I've had this for a while, but I really, really put it to it through its paces over the winter break because, yeah. you know, the kids are out of school and we're having, you know, behavior issues and discipline and all that kind of stuff. And we needed to, for our purposes, this is just one example. For our purposes, we needed some way to keep track of tallies. Um, you know, for the kids like trying to, you know, get them to behave. You know, if they could do this, they would get positive tallies. If they did this, they got negative tallies. And so I set up one of the timers. So I was able to do all this stuff on my watch. I set it up on my iPhone, it's synchronized to my watch. And now it's it's so awesome, Dave. I just like have to raise my <laughs> wrist and raise my finger like, I'll be good. I'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best ever. So I just love this just from a parenting perspective. But you can you can set all different kinds of timers with all different kinds of uses. Yeah. There's icons. You can change the icons, the colors. You can have countdown, count up. You can have a, a timer. You can have a free timer. You can have set timers. You can do like a Pomodoro uh, timer. Um, like I said, tallies, you know, where you just you just need to keep track of, you know, just for example, like, you know, how you have turnstiles where you go through and it counts every time someone passes through the gate. You know, you could do something like that where you, you're keeping track of attendance or something. Um, so this was this was just a, a great app for that kind of stuff. So I put a link to it in the show notes. And like I said, it's one it's one app. It's an in-app purchase. Um, but like right. I said, the free version just does so much. And then it synchronizes to your to your watch. And then you can control it from there. So I really, really love it. So you got to check that out. And I wanted to talk about uh, there's uh, there's been this app has been out there for for a long time. It's it's, it's got over 10 million users, so it must be popular. Um, it's a it's a it's a third party camera app. It's called Camera Plus. The, oh, I have that. Yeah, Camera Plus is a uh, is has been a great app for for editing your photos beyond what uh, what the photo editing does uh, in in the uh, the photos app that's already on your iPhone. Now make sure there are, there are some knockoffs. Make sure you're going with the one that says camera with the plus logo. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now I have a link in the show notes on on Mac Rumors that uh, that, that Camera Plus did add some really nifty. Um, uh, additions. Uh, the app is now uh, able to add ability. It has now ad- added the ability to transfer applied edits between images, and you haven't haven't been able to do that before. So when you're transferring complex applied edits to another photo, you can select the image, and then you can you can do it in the light box. So there's a light box that shows all your photos. So it's a lot more powerful when it comes to doing the edits. Um, uh, and it's a really great app, and I've, I've used it for years. Um, but uh, they've really made some more improvements. They've also added some improvements so when, uh, on the iPhone 10 with the, the different edits. Um, and uh, additionally, they they did uh, for those people who like to shoot with RAW, which is the you know the, the un, uncompressed format. 
uh, Camera Plus now correctly honors the pre- preference to saving the, the the representation independently of the JPEG and HEIF, which we talked about earlier, assets when you export to the camera roll. Uh, now you now, now the editing screen, like I said, has improved. So now you can uh, uh, when you, especially on iPhone 10 displays. Uh, and uh, it, it, it's a really nifty app. And like I said, you've you've used it before. Yep, um, I used it since the early days when it came out. Yeah. In fact, uh, I've been friends with Lisa. Lisa um, she's a, a model. She's the one that I guess co-founded it. And uh, yeah, Bethany. I don't know that she's involved with it too much anymore. But mm-hmm. yeah, I've been using it that long. In fact, it's like my very secondary uh, camera app. And I'll tell you, yeah. if there was a way to make it the default camera app, I probably would mm-hmm. because it's really it's really that good. It's my go-to when I want to take a macro shot because right. I love macro shots. Sure. Um, this is one of those apps. This is just like I have to get nerdy for a second here. <laughs> you know when the app updates come down and, you know, most people are just like, ah, just update it. Well, I actually like to – I don't have auto app updates turned off, yeah. turned on specifically because I do do actually like to read the the updates, the the bug fixes, and all that kind of stuff. And Camera Plus is one of those ones where I actually enjoy reading the whole. <laughs> like I'm I'm one of those nerds that sits through the entire movie and watches all the credits at the end to see if there's like something at the end, or just you know just to appreciate all the people who are involved in the movie. I too like to read the the app update notes. So just you so go. you know, there are people out there like me who. You're not writing them for nothing. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Now they do have two separate costs for the iPhone version and the iPad version. So it's two ninety nine for the iPhone version and it's four ninety nine for the iPad version. And of course, it can be downloaded uh, from the App Store. There's a direct link, and uh, that is Camera good, Plus. Good pick, everybody. Yeah. That's like a must have. I think you just have to get that. So with that, let's wrap this up. Um, I uh, appreciate the. You joining me, Melissa, and we had, uh, I can't wait for this new year to uh, continue on and have some uh, great times, uh, uh, future episodes. So, uh, We've got, like, stuff in the bag. Like, we do. There's, there's just so gonna... much, to, there's so much to talk about. But we yeah. want to keep it into an hour, so, um, so let's, let's, uh, wrap this up. Uh, we'll wrap it up for now. We'll put on a, a bow on it just, just for you, just this time. That's right. <laughs> and I thank you for listening, and we hope you are more in touch with iOS. And after hearing this episode, subscribe to our podcast in your favorite podcatcher and show your friends how to look us up in iTunes. We look forward to bringing you more useful information in future episodes. I'm Dave Ginsberg, and I, and you can follow me on Twitter at DaveG65. And I'm Melissa Davis, and you can find me online all over at The Mac Mommy. Stay tuned and subscribe for future episodes and 